0: Good morning. I have not started my Christmas shopping yet, but my Christmas tree has got out of the shed and it's now still in its box on the table tennis table. So we've started this afternoon's job. I wonder whether you have a favorite day in the Christmas season. In the last couple of um, years, my favorite day has been Boxing Day. I think, as a child i didn 't like Boxing Day very much at all because it meant that I then had to wait another whole year till Christmas came round again, and also there was that looming, nagging feeling that any time now I was going to be told to start writing thank you letters terrible and Then, uh, when children are little in my home, it just seemed to be this day of wrestling, rapping wrestling toys out of boxes that are so tightly secured in there and blunting scissors and trying to sort out what's recyclable and what's not and trying to read instructions and create things. But the last few years, it feels like uh, Boxing Day is a bit like the sky clearing. Uh, The pressure is off. I am not a perfectionist in life, I don't think. But something about Christmas changes me just for that bit of time. And I just feel like it has to be right. The food has to be right. The decorations has to be vaguely right. Gifts have to be right. And it makes me a little bit more of a perfectionist than I am. But then comes Boxing Day. I can stay in my nighty for as long as I like. I can lounge around ignoring things now. I actually, I've decided, feel lighter on Boxing Day, despite the fact that I am probably not, because it's the day after Christmas Day. But it's a day when I feel like the pressures are off. Christmas can be a time of pressure. And emotion. And for some of us, like me, it's self-inflicted pressure and emotion. I think I've actually almost become phobic about gift buying and getting it right. I'm doing a work on myself. But for many of us, actually the pressure and pain and emotion that comes with Christmas isn't self-inflicted. It might be inflicted by situations we find ourselves in. Or it might be inflicted by our past and memories of that. Yet if we actually stop and think about it, and if we actually um, think about our topic for this whole um, month, Christmas really should be a wonderful time of the year. It is a time when we remind ourselves of a story that is so earth-shatteringly good that it should transform us. It should transform us with love and peace and joy. It should transform us by strengthening us, by giving us wisdom, by giving us hope, should be setting us free. And yet, is it really true that this story about a little baby is enough? If I'm somebody that struggles, if I am somebody that struggles with December, is this story of the baby really enough that despite my circumstances that I can marvel and wonder, that I can carry on, that I can live life well in that month, that I can have enough glimpses of wonder, enough glimpses and understanding of peace and hope and joy that I can live my life well in December. I wonder whether the one Sorry, I moved it up. I've gone very loud. (laughs) Can the wonder of Christmas make a difference to our December's? Can the wonder of Christmas itself make a difference to December? The story of Christmas is an incredible story. And a few weeks ago, I was reminded of this. I was at Real Women, and um, the speaker told us to imagine in our minds the nativity scene. So an image in an animal shelter of Mary and Joseph holding baby Jesus. So I shut my eyes, and that was the picture that I had. It might have been something like that. So I shut my eyes and imagined that and just kept my eyes shut while I listened to the beginning of John's gospel being read. Now, the beginning of John isn't like the beginning of the other gospels that tells sort of the history of the birth of Jesus, sort of what actually happened, angels, shepherds, and things like that. The beginning of John is different. It actually talks about Jesus coming into the world. It calls him the word, but actually more about what he's like, who he is. It doesn't go into the history of it. And so I'm um, sitting there with my eyes shut and imagining this baby and I'm listening to these words. And as I am imagining and as I am listening, this little baby that's being held in the arms of Mary becomes bigger and bigger. He stays in the tiny little baby frame that he is, but he becomes bigger, a little bit like I was thinking Doctor Who's TARDIS, or a little bit like the cat in the hat's hat that just seems um, to contain so incredibly much, even though it is actually quite small. Jesus became more magnificent more wonderful, more powerful as I listened uh, to what John said at the beginning. In the passage, Jesus, who is called the Word, is described as one who is beside God. In actual fact, he is God. This little baby is the creator. He is life. He is the source of life itself. He is light. He can change people's status from being born of the world to being born of God. He is oozing with glory, and he is full of grace and truth. And all of that is contained in this little baby. As I had my eyes shut, I started to imagine what might have happened in the world in that moment when Jesus was born. We know that angels sang, but I wonder what else happened. We know that in the three hours just before Jesus died... Until he took his last breath. The whole world went dark. There was darkness throughout the land just before he died. So what happened when he was was born? I imagine the enormous impact in the world, being bigger than a giant's mighty stomp on the land, being bigger than a nuclear bomb, but obviously full of goodness, being bigger than a comet crashing into this world. In the moment of Jesus' birth, the implications for this planet were enormous and they changed. Things changed because now the world was heading towards recreation and hope, hope, life was in the world. As my eyes were still shut, I actually imagined the world and I imagined Herds of wildebeest suddenly stampeding across plains in Africa. I imagined dolphins in distant seas suddenly leaping up from the sea. I imagined um, rivers doing whatever they do when they get excited, gurgling or whatever. <laughs> I imagined the trees, a bit like when we saw the angel appearing to Mary. Whole forests just rustling with some sort of knowing. We're told in the Bible that the world waits with eager anticipation for the time when Jesus will come again and the world will be made new. Does the world know? Did the world know when Jesus was born? Maybe. Maybe not. But the world will never, ever be the same again because whispers of hope echo through the world now because promises of life to the full echo around the world now. It is different. What a wonder-filled story this is. It was a great reminder. 2,000 years ago, as this story was actually unfolding, were there moments of wonder like this? The part of the story we're looking at this morning is the video clip that we saw. It involves a man... Zechariah, who was a priest. It involves an angel, the angel Gabriel, and it involves two women, Elizabeth and Mary. Both of these women were childless. One of them was childless because she was old and barren, and the other was childless was because she was young and she was still a virgin. One had given up hope, and the other one, hope hadn't even started and begun in her. The word surprise seems far too tame a word to describe seeing an angel before you. In the video, it's this funny, wispy thing that appears to Zechariah in the temple. But in the Bible, it says an angel stood before um, Zechariah. He was meant to be the only one in there, just him offering worship to God. But an angel stands before him. And the description is used that he was terror struck by this. And Mary was afraid by this. And so the angel had to offer comfort. The angel had to say, it's okay, I have good news for you. The good news that Elizabeth, after all these years of barrenness, of scorn from her neighbors, it was not a thing to be barren. In that time, there was scorn and stigma attached to it. That she was going to have a child, a miracle. And Mary was going to have a child too. But her pregnancy was probably going to bring stigma and scorn because she was unmarried. But a miracle. And surprise, surprise, as many of us know, these babies were not going to be ordinary babies. We're told that John, who was going to be born to Elizabeth, was going to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. Prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. From the moment he was in the womb, he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is going to be the son of God, the son of the most high. He was going to be king, king now, king for always everlasting. And how do Elizabeth and um, Zechariah and Mary respond? Do they respond with wonder? They both respond with a question, as we saw. The question is how? Zechariah's response is here. He was wearing a bit more garb at that moment, but his response was, how can I be sure of this, said Zechariah to the angel. I'm an old man. My wife's not as young as she used to be. Zechariah's response is one that requires proof. He knows stories in the history that old people do have babies in the history of Israel, but could that really be true for him? He needed proof. He was old, His wife was old. They'd been trying for a long time. Zechariah isn't a spring chicken. And for those of us here who are not spring chickens either, sometimes cynicism creeps in. He has faith. He does have faith, but maybe his heart is only half full of faith. And the wonder is taken over by practicalities and by reason. Mary responds with a question too. But her question is one that requires information. How will this happen, said Mary to the angel. I am still a virgin. She knows enough as a young woman about the birds and the bees to know that it's impossible. And there are no stories beforehand of this happening. So how could this be? And yet she trusts. This is something that could lead to her being stoned to death. Much worse than scorn from neighbors, she could be stoned to death for being an unmarried pregnant woman. And yet her heart is full of faith and trust. Her response is, here I am. Here I am. I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen to me as you have said. In Mary, there is that instant wonder. We're told that she then rushes straight off, actually, to stay with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And as she goes and as she's there, this song of wonder and praise to God bursts from her, praising God. We know, though, that Zechariah's questioning soon turns to wonder as his baby is born And we know that there is wonder upon wonder to come for Mary as she goes through the birth and all that happens after that. As we listen to the story of Christmas, do we respond like Zechariah? Maybe with a bit of cynicism, maybe not cynicism. But maybe we're distracted by practicalities, by reason. Maybe we've never quite fully believed that this is true. Or do we respond like Mary with wonder, could this be true? Can it actually make a difference to me? I know which of those two responses makes a difference to how I live my life in December and how I respond to the pressures if you are someone, and I know there are some of you here, who respond in life like Mary, and you go through the Christmas season holding that joy and that peace and knowing you are loved and with great wonder, that is magnificent. Carry on is all I would say to you this morning. <laughs> but if you are someone a little bit more like Zechariah, whether it is cynicism Whether it's just distracted by life, distracted by pressures, distracted by the world, or maybe it's just that you've heard this story an awful lot of times before. You've heard it so many times, perhaps you've lost the wonder of it. Let's try and make this December different. I'd like to get to Boxing Day and not just go, phew. I would like to get to Boxing Day and look back through December and go, What a great month that was. What a great month that was, preparing for Christmas, remembering Christmas. I love Zechariah. I love that he gets there in the end with that sense of wonder. How can we get there How can we get to that place of wonder? And once we get to that place of wonder and that moment, how can we hold it with us so that it makes a difference to our days? It makes a difference to when we're feeling the strain, feeling the pressure. I think we need to actually be intentional. I think we need to be intentional about how we do this. I think we need to put aside time to actually ask God, to pray and do a little bit of planning and forethinking about this. I sure thought I would share with you, i try and add a little practical bit in. I've started doing a different type of diary, it's called a bullet journal, because I want to live a life of intention. And for December, my intention is that I live this month with wonder. And so um, I've written a page about how I'm going to do this, so here it is. So I wrote, in my time of reflection, I wrote in it, how can I live well in December with a sense of wonder, joy, hope, because of Christmas, because of Jesus? And I had two questions for myself. How do I find that wonder? And when I've got that wonder, how do I keep hold of that wonder so that it impacts my days? So I thought I would just share with you just some of the things that I'm going to do. Some of these may be nonsense to you, irrelevant to you completely, but maybe they'll just start you thinking. Because I really hope that for us at NCR, December will be a month of wonder. So how do I find the wonder? (laughs) I wasn't really thinking about my handwriting. Never mind. How do I find the wonder? I think it is so simple in some ways and so utterly profound and complicated in other ways. But pray and seek. I think the ways we find the wonder... So pray. I've written down, pray every morning. Ask God to open my eyes to reveal something afresh about the Christmas story and to see his hope in the world. And then as I go to bed at night, just to take a moment, just to reflect on my day. God, what have I seen of your wonder today? Where have I seen it? Is it that I've seen some of your love? Have I seen how much you love somebody or how much you love me? Have I seen moments of peace? What have you reminded me of? And I think we need to pray because part of getting the wonder is a, an act that is beyond ourselves. And it requires God to do an act within us. And so we pray. And the second part was to seek because there is something we need to do as well. So I wrote down, take and create opportunities to be reminded of, the stor- of God's story in the world. So those were just the start. I haven't put the end of a bracket because I haven't finished yet. Um, Advent candles, coming to NCR to be reminded of um, this Christmas story or to other places, listening to carols. I've got a beautiful carol CD, cranking that up sometimes and singing along. There are many, many more things where I can be reminded of the Christmas story, reminded of all that God has done. So these were some of the couple of the things that I put down. How can we find that wonder? How can we put ourselves in a place where God can just remind us of His Christmas story? And then once we have those moments of wonder. How do I keep hold of the wonder so it impacts my days? I love this verse. There's two verses about Mary that are really similar to this. Um, It says, but Mary treasured all these things and mused over them in her heart, that sense of pondering, chewing, mulling. If God has revealed to me that he is love. How do I hold that and chew on it and mull on it? If he's revealed to me his peace, how do I hold that? The things above will help. The seek and the pray will help me to hold onto these things. And then practical things. Um, I'm, I need practical. I so live in the moment that I'm in, that I get distracted and forget about everything else. So I need things to see. So um so, oh, this is my phone screen now. I have put that picture, so if somebody texts or phones, I see that first to remind me about that, um, much to my husband 's annoyance that is in my car you <laughs> 're saying how can I drive i can 't see past it it 's like over there he can see past it. It does make a jingly jangly though it may change to a different ornament. But I need something in my car. So when I'm driving to pick up my children, when I'm driving to drop them off, when I'm driving to do whatever it is, I can be reminding myself, what is it that I'm pondering on at the moment? What piece of your wonder can I remember? Is it joy, as written on my little angel? Is it something else? So that I go prepared to wherever I'm going. God, I'm going to hold on to your wonder as I go to this place. In my diary, often in the things I do, I put little symbols um, that sort of that's what that's about. Is it about work or whatever? I'm going to put symbols in the, next to the events that come up to remind myself they're not just about a Christmas party. They're about me taking the wonder of God into that moment. Plan things that bring joy, peace, hope, and bless others. There are spaces in my diary. December is not yet full. So I'm going to go through and actually plan things that remind me of wonder and hopefully bless others in the process. There will be things, no doubt, that I'll have to go, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take some of the pressure um, off myself for that. And remind and pray before ends before um, before things. So whether they're events or just normal things in my diary, I wrote especially the giants. For me, this will be so ridiculous to many of you, but a giant for me in getting ready for Christmas is buying presents. I seriously am ridiculous about it. I, I put it off. I hate it with a passion. I hate shopping and I hate buying presents. Anyway, but I'm sort of suffering. So I'm doing something different this year. And this is at the top of my Christmas list in my diary. I'm reminding myself of the point of it. I am going to love buying presents this year. I'm going to love it. Because it's to bless other people. Duh. It's not getting the perfect fit. It's I'm going to pray for them and be thankful for them and attach bits of lavender or whatever's in my garden. And I'm going to encourage them with words too. And I'm going to do presents well this year. Not get myself stressed by it. <laughs> you can ask me about that on Boxing Day or Christmas Day, how that went. Okay because that's a giant for me. There may be a giant for you. How will you get yourself so that it isn't a giant for you coming up for Christmas? What will you do to address that? Um, So when I pray before these things, asking for guidance, his whisper, wisdom, generosity, whatever comes to mind, but also saying, God, what do you tell me that I need? What can you tell me that I actually need to pray about as I go to this party, as I go to this whatever event that is? Okay. The bands are going to come up in a moment. They're going to play in a moment. But my hope for us here, my prayer for each and every single one of us here, let me get out of your way, is that December is going to be a month of wonder for each and every one of you sitting here. Even if you have never been sure about the Christmas story before, you're not quite sure whether it's true or not, or whether you've believed it since you were young, and you've been hearing about it ever since. It's going to take a little bit of effort on our part to prepare ourselves to pray and to seek. And it's going to take an action of God, too, within us. So I would encourage you to pray. Maybe you've never prayed before. Maybe you're not even sure that God is there, but can I encourage you to pray and ask him, God, if you truly are there, can you give me a sense of wonder about Christmas? Can maybe you show me about his love or his peace or his joy? God, I'm going to open myself to you for the first time. If you want to speak to me and show me something, please do that and wait and see. Maybe you've been praying for many years, but let's pray again that God reminds us something of this incredible story of Christmas, this incredible baby that is born at Christmas, that we can get a sense of that wonder, that we can hold that wonder in our hearts. So I would encourage you to pray. I'm going to pray in a moment for all of us, but I would also strongly encourage you to walk That way, out of here, via the prayer corner, there are five people over in that prayer corner, so itching to pray with you, just going over there and saying, please just pray for Wanda for me this Christmas, and they will pray that for you. Maybe you have other things. Maybe your giants are far more real and scary and big than me buying presents. And you actually think, I'm going to go and get prayer for that. There are people in that corner who would love to pray for you. Please go to the prayer corner. Find those people with orange lanyards and ask them to pray for you. Because I believe it could make a profound difference to your December. I believe it could make a profound difference to your entire life. Go, please, and pray, and pray yourself. All right. I'm going to finish by praying, and then these lovely people are going to sing. Let's pray. We thank you, God, that you are big and good and powerful. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. God, we're sorry that sometimes we... And forget how incredible that is. I ask please that you will give us all, every person in this room, a glimpse, a sense of how good this gift of Jesus is. That you will reveal this wonder to us and it will transform our Decembers.